0: Duke is no longer in the NCAA tournament. NHL has returned to ESPN. And we here on Sunshine State Takes have returned from what we were supposed to do two episodes last week. It wasn't able to happen. Matt was a little under the weather. I had some things a going little. on. A little. Matt was a little, a little. under the weather. Oh, it, was,
1: it was a bit more than a little, man. <laughs> I, from Wednesday to Friday, I was bedridden. We recorded our episode on Wednesday. I hit the couch right after we were done. And there was limited movement between probably about 3 p.m. on Wednesday and uh, probably till about Friday night. So yeah. it was a fun, it was a fun few days. But I'm feeling better now. I'm feeling a lot better now.
0: Absolutely. But we have all these things going on in the sports world right now. Some uncharacteristic things. Some everything's changing, and it just really brings in a something that doesn't change, and that is the MLB. The MLB, I feel like, is very consistent. You know, we didn't get it last year, but overall, the consistency of, you know, who's good, who's not, we're starting to see a bit of a turn of the tide in some of these things. And today we're going to talk about the American League and talk about, uh, you know, the standing of the American League going into this 2021 season.
1: Yeah, well, there's a, you know, it's been a pretty eventful baseball offseason. A lot of players go into a lot of different places, a lot of players from American League teams going over to other American League teams. You got George Springer going from the Astros to the Blue Jays and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So it's going to be an interesting breakdown. I'm looking forward to it, obviously. Uh, you know, you got the Yankees are going to be up there. The young and emerging White Sox are going to be a team to watch. We're going to uh, really focus on the contenders and what their outlooks for this season are looking like so i'm i'm really looking forward to it it's baseball season spring training's in full effect it is march 11th opening day is april 1st so uh it's coming it's coming and it's coming fast and i'm really excited for it so i'm looking forward to getting into this breakdown
0: yeah absolutely i say let's just get after it you know we've had uh okay we'll just get after we can talk after the break we can talk after the <laughs> <All> show <right. laughs>
1: Welcome into Sunshine State Takes, the hottest takes in the Sunshine State, unofficially sponsored by Firehouse, Bill Nye the Science Guy, uh, Buddy the Elf, Microsoft, you know, just yes. so many things. We're uh, yes. really racking in the unofficial cash from the unofficial sponsors. So, uh, you know, it's it's sitting good here at Sunshine State Takes. I was telling uh, you yesterday, the ending of our last show, uh, I just had me absolutely cracking up when I heard it for the first time. Yeah. I thought we... Uh, uh, it was a culmination of the chemistry we've developed and <laughs> and it really proved our ability to, you know, we can be serious when we want to. And uh, we talk about the sports first and that's the goal. But, you know, when we want to crack some jokes and sprinkle a little comedy on there, uh, you know, we have the potential to do that. So uh, I thought we did a really good job with our last episode and I wish we could have gotten another one out, but I was just so dang sick, man. It was yeah. bad. I didn't have COVID, though didn't have mono didn't have strep didn't have the flu i don't know what the heck i had but it really kicked my butt but anyways uh that's in the past i got a new computer so hopefully a a decrease in technical difficulties in the near future uh and let's get into i will
0: say you already sound much much better like everything is just working so much smoother i can see your picture you know, there's not yeah. that kind of weird, like pixelated going on, because right. uh, we do it on Google Meet, so we're kind of like we can see face to face. Obviously, you guys can't see us, which could be changing soon, so keep a lookout for yeah. that. But Ooh. it's kind of like a, you know, bit of a, we we have this chemistry through the video, and for a while there, I was just kind of like, wait, is Matt moving or is he just like, uh, is you he know, frozen? Is he frozen? Yeah. It's, it's just kind of, you know,
1: same thing would happen. I would be talking, and then next thing you know, you're just frozen, and I'm like, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, you there? Brandon yeah. Earth of Brandon, and then I get a little text, or I text him? Yeah, bro. you froze. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we will limit that. It would be really I- ironic if one of us just phrases yeah'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, well, so, so much for that it was a good little two minute run, but um, you know, we got the banter going on here early, but let's get into our uh you know, little normal warm up here, Scott Van Pelt style. Picture it. It's midnight on a Wednesday on a Wednesday. you just got done watching a Mountain West conference basketball (laughs) game what's on your mind scott van Pelt? uh
0: well there's a few things on my mind right now uh as i am doing this podcast i have kentucky and mississippi state playing on the tv right next to me and you know that's it's the first game outside of the playing game between vanderbilt and texas a&m last night of the sec tournament and as of right now kentucky's looking to be in a little bit of trouble i mean yeah, Mississippi State's up forty-four to thirty at half. Kentucky struggled throughout the season uncharacteristically, and John Calipari's team might be facing what's really a first-round type exit for yeah. you know uh, the the SEC tournament, which could also plague their chances of getting into the NCAA tournament. I kind of mentioned it early on, which this is going to be my real uh, what's on your mind. Duke is no longer uh, playing because of COVID nineteen issues. Yeah. Apparently, uh, a walk-on player is the guy that. Um, got that and I texted Matt you know the one that contracted the virus or whatever Um, Mm -hmm. I texted Matt I said his basketball career is probably over because they are going to not be very happy with him even though it is what it is at this point it's kind of hard not to get it luckily I haven't knock on wood hopefully we can stay that way but I think with going into March Madness with going into the tournament what is it going to look like without Duke I mean they've just been such a you know, spearhead of this tournament in general for so many years, my lifetime, I think they've been 24, 25 straight years in a row. So I have never for seen Duke
1: since 1995. Yeah. Right? I have never I've never seen
0: Duke heard. not make it into, you know, the tournament. And so it's kind of a turn of the tide in, in a sense. And that was kind of what I was mentioning um, right out of the gate, because that's such a big storyline. And obviously um, it came out this morning and uh, they they were, kind of preparing for what was going to be about with, uh, you know, Florida State. And so it was, it's definitely going to be odd. It's going to be a weird thing, not seeing, you know, the Blue Devils in the tournament. But do you have any thoughts of like, does this kind of change the tournament in general? Like how we view it? Does this, is this like a normalcy that we've just become so accustomed to that them not even being in there is just... obviously it's unprecedented for us, but like, what does this do to our watching and our viewing of the tournament?
1: Yeah. Well, you also have to look at it in terms of, you might not have Kentucky in there either. And uh, I think North Carolina is good to get in. It's going to be close, but uh, yeah, we're going to be missing a few of those blue bloods in the tournament this year. And what it ultimately is going to do is it's going to create opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about a lot of teams in years past that have gotten far into the tournament with talent and squads that loss to the hands of a Duke or a Kentucky. Uh, You saw it with Wisconsin's talented rosters back in, you know, 2013 through 2015 dang near pretty much every year. Their run was ended by a Duke or a Kentucky.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, you look at Wichita state. We talked about them last week. One of those undefeated teams made it into the tournament, knocked out by Kentucky UCF's talented squad in 2018, BJ Taylor, taco fall, uh, Aubrey Dawkins, just some absolute, uh studs of basketball players came one point short they they fell to duke uh and that's a team that i thought could have made a run into the sweet 16 elite eight i thought they were that good and um so i think what it's going to do is some of these you know eight nine seeds that um you know have that win their games and get to go up against those one seeds in the second round because i think that's usually how it works the eight or nine plays the one or you know the 16 if they pull off that win well the one seeds this year uh you know, it's outside of Gonzaga. It's teams that are kind of in unfamiliar territory with that number one seed. I can't think.
0: Virginia, I, mean, I know. They,
1: Virginia. Virginia, are they're, they going to be a one?
0: Pro, most likely, yeah. I think okay. they're right now. Um, they're ranked 16, but I think if they yeah. win the ACC, they'll make it in as a one. But in like, my, in my opinion, I think so.
1: Because with that being said, Florida State could get a one if they yeah. win the yeah. ACC, and that's a team that we hadn't seen get a one seed yet. Uh, mm, we've yeah, seen them. For sure. We've seen them up there, you know, with four or five seeds in years past. We've seen Baylor up there with, uh, you know, three seeds in years past. But, uh, you know, Baylor's been victim to upsets. So
0: Baylor, I, think, um, I forget, Nor- Norfolk State a few years ago beat Baylor yeah. in the first round when Baylor was a two seed.
1: So yeah. did Yale. I don't know what seed Baylor was that year, though. I think they might have been a five. Yeah. And Georgia State, the infamous yeah. R.J. Hunter buzzer beater. So I think ultimately – with more questions around this year's one seeds with, you know, Duke and Kentucky not being there, I think it creates more. Now I don't think we're going to see a 16-1 upset this year. I still think these teams are good enough to, you know, get through that game. But, uh, you know, with the talent gap being so close in college basketball this year, we talked about last week, there's not really just one guy on each team running the show. There's no Zion, Uh, you know, with these teams much more level and even you look at, like five teams in the top 10 in the big yeah. in the big 10 you look at the the strength of the big 12 you have a lot of teams ranked there even the sec you got teams like uh bama in kind of replacing kentucky arkansas. in that aspect arkansas has been good this year florida's been solid um you know you see the acc you got florida state you got virginia um louisville's been decent although they lost to duke last night i think they i think they had a bit of a hotter start and fell off a bit but um i think you know with i ultimately my answer is without duke being there there's a lot more opportunity
0: yeah for other teams yeah which is what it, the ncaa tournament is all about you, you right. want to see that opportunity you want to see that kind of um i i feel like if the ncaa tournament without some surprises is boring but yeah exactly surprises always come in ways you don't even expect it which is why yep. Unex- expect the unexpected when it comes to NCAA tournament time. And I'm just so happy that we're able to have a 2021 tournament, unlike not being able to have a 2020 tournament. So, Exactly.
1: I love the uh, the giant bracket that they put on that one building in Indiana. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. That's really cool. They're yeah. kind of really owning the fact that it's specific to their state this year. I think, uh, you know, a statewide bubble for the tournament. I kind of yeah. like how they, they've done that. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be different, but, you know, we're going to have fans in there, and uh, hopefully it it's similar atmosphere. Yeah. None, nonetheless, it's going to be the same quality of games. I'm really looking forward to those Sweet 16 Elite 8 rounds, um, you know, when we get to see, you know, maybe a Gonzaga versus Illinois or a Michigan versus Bama or something like that, you know, Definitely. just these talented rosters going up against each other it's going to be i think you know because last year we got stripped of what i thought was going to be a really good march madness so i think this year makes up for that a little bit
0: yeah definitely so yeah so uh what's on your mind matt
1: um i was trying to think of something i don't really have much i've yeah. just been so eager to get into this baseball content but i guess i can point well if, to something
0: if you don't really have anything we can move yeah. on. Cause we just talked 10 minutes about basketball, uh, about the right. tournament and everything. So like okay. if you want to, if you want to just go full steam ahead into this uh, baseball preview, let's do it.
1: Yeah. I guess just give a little quick shout out to the Patriots, bringing in Tre- Trent Brown, Trent Brown's yeah. coming back from new England. So right. I was, I, I woke up to some news about the Patriots making a move the other day. That was certainly a good feeling. Got my day started. So yeah, uh, I think I can just, Sit on that, and we can get going into this MLB preview.
0: Absolutely, let's do it.
1: So the American League, um, the way I think we're kind of going to structure this, um, I've kind of split up the teams into three tiers. You got the bottom five, you know, the teams that are in rebuilding phases or have just cleaned house, or you know, maybe were just abysmal in 2020 and didn't really make any moves that make it apparent that there's going to be major improvement. And then you got those mid-five. Um, you know, these are teams that may compete. They could exceed their over projections for the season, but not necessarily playoff contenders. Although the middle five's tough because there are going to be three teams in that category that I don't really think are going to compete. And then another two that uh, are very well interchangeable with some of the teams that are going to be in the top five category. So um, I think it's going to be interesting just to kind of read through it. And break it down and see what's up. So, my bottom five, uh, I got the Rangers, Orioles, Tigers, Mariners, and Royals.
0: I, we talked about them as well, those are mine.
1: Yeah, yeah, we talked about the Royals on the show a bit. Uh, yes. when the Ben Attendee trade happened, I like their roster. Um, you know, pitching wise, they have some questions, but I think their lineup is headed in the right direction. Uh, you know, if Ben Attendee can return to form. Uh, you know, Whit Merrifield continues to develop. Salvador Perez is still a consistent catcher. Carlos Santana can walk, but if he can, you know, make some more contact this year, I think that'll really benefit them. So they they have potential to be a sneaky good team, but I think ultimately their pitching is going to hold them back. Mike Miner was a good addition, but he's got a rebound from last year. Uh, Danny Duffy was solid. Brad Keller and Brady Singer should take some steps forward, but um, ultimately I'm not really sure how I'm feeling about this bullpen. Uh, you know greg holland had a good 2020 but if he can repeat it as closer uh that'll help and you know just stealing a few extra games because one of the most important aspects of baseball is being able to win the the one run games and um if holland is able to repeat his success then they should have some success in that regard but um you know the royals uh they're they're probably about a year away from competing as for like the 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 rangers i'm not you know, not really worth talking about them. They were the worst team in the AL last year, and they'll probably be that again this year. Uh, they were abysmal hitting the ball like a 220 average. Uh, you know, they have a weak power core with Joey Gallo, Chris Davis, and David Dahl. Um, you know, that's who they're relying on to kind of hit the ball out of the park. I think Gallo will hit a decent number of home runs, but he's going to be the only one that stands out in that regard um isaiah Kinner, falefa is going to be a good shortstop. he had a respectable year last year but <clears throat> overall there's just <clears throat> not much on that roster that's attractive so i i'm thinking they're going to be bottom of the barrel in the american league uh baltimore and detroit i think are pretty similar um the orioles benefited from a short season they made a decent addition with freddie galvis and they're getting trey mancini back from cancer which is a great story as well as a pretty solid power hitter. And Anthony Santander, if he can repeat some of what he did last year, that'll be a good top middle of the order bat for the Orioles. But um, this is another team whose pitching is just abysmal. They were 23rd and starting pitching ERA last year. So uh, not much there as for the tigers. they will be an interesting watch uh, with AJ Hinch, uh, the former Astros manager coming in to lead that squad. Um, Oh, but once again, another weak lineup. I do like the Wilson Ramos signing just to add some stability behind the plate. Robbie Grossman they brought over from the Astros. Jonathan Shoup, uh, he's coming into his second year there. Miguel Cabrera is getting older, though. Uh, Jacoby Jones is getting older. And oh, this is a different Jacoby Jones than the one I'm thinking of. There's a Jacoby Jones on the Yankees. But this one. this one's actually different. I don't know much about this one, but he's their center fielder. Um, projected to hit 231 he was drafted in 2013 by the pirates so uh, and he's projected to hit 17 home runs so he's but he's batting towards the bottom of the lineup so I don't know how good he's really going to be there rotation's got questions Michael Fulmer I don't think is he'll be there to start the season he came over from the Mets in a trade a few years ago but he's been he had a good start he's been pretty inconsistent ERA wise, he hasn't been able to really find a firm footing and the Tigers rotation as a whole. I mean, they were last in starting pitcher ERA last year. So not expecting much there. And then the Mariners. uh, I like the Mariners. They were a lot better than expected last year. They should have a really good rotation. Uh, They brought back James Paxton from the Yankees. He was a guy who was an ace in Seattle for a really long time. Uh, JP Crawford and Um, Kyle Lewis and Evan Murphy play some good defense. Um, Mitch Hanegar is coming back from injury, which should provide some pop to that lineup. Obviously Kyle Seeger is the guy here at third base. He's been the guy there for a while. Uh, He's always consistent with his average and being able to hit home runs. But uh, overall, I think the biggest question with the Mariners is just how consistent can their offense be pitching won't be an issue. Marco Gonzalez, James Paxton, justice Sheffield, Um, Chris Flexen and Justin Dunn are guys who came over from the Mets. Dunn has the potential to be a really good pitcher. I don't know if we're going to see it this year. Flexen is, uh, (laughs) to be polite, Chris Flexen is below average. (laughs) That's the nicest way I can put that. Um, And so I think there's some questions there. Obviously their bullpen is not ideal. Rafael Montero is not who you want Uh, closing down games. uh, Casey Sadler's solid. and they have some other guys in there but uh that that's the bottom 5 they're there for a reason some of these teams have some promising lineups um most of these teams have big pitching questions outside of the mariners uh and overall they're just not really ready to compete so yeah. that's why they are where they are um and they're once again if there's any team that can make some sort of run in that group i think it's the royals just because uh the the potential they have to be a good hitting team, especially if an attendee gets back to to decent form when he uh you know played very well in Boston. Speaking of Boston, there who I have is the tenth, uh kicking off the next group.
0: Well, I wanna say uh, something real quick um about okay. the Orioles. Um so obviously the Orioles have kind of stayed the you know been consistent as one of the bottom feeders in the AL for how many years now? It's been it's been a minute.
1: They made the playoffs in twenty sixteen and uh, yeah. that was that was the extent.
0: yeah so yeah. They, they've been kind of that bottom feeder so you know they're not really expected to do much obviously you mentioned their pitching struggles um you know it, it can that, that i feel like that in baseball is something that you, you have to have good right. pitching to be able to make that next step take that next step yeah one thing i will say about the orioles that could possibly be of entertainment is their ability to attack the first pitch you know they're not going right. to they last year um as a team they averaged a uh, 4.409 uh, team average on 00 count so they're, they're attacking that first pitch they're right. trying to get after and get the ball into play and that could you know bring some excitement early on in games and even you know early on in counts as batters right. step up, step into the box so uh, while they might not be a team that you're gonna watch because of their you know incredible uh, record or incredible you know team overall definitely give the Orioles a bit of a look just because they're gonna be swinging early and often.
1: Right, um, I I can agree with that, and that's a good point you bring up. I feel like a lot of people advise against swinging yeah. at the first pitch. For some people, it's just part of their game. Yeah. Uh, but with the 409 average, I mean, go for it. You know, yeah. uh, swing at the first pitch can be very detrimental if you're not making contact and falling behind in the count. Yeah. Uh, but the Orioles, and especially with the Trey Mancini coming back, uh, it, it, they have a bit more pop in their lineup to be able to maybe capitalize on that some more. Also with the Orioles, Felix Hernandez. King Felix uh, has been added to that team. He's older now. He's, you know, 14 years in the league. By no means is he anywhere near the same pitcher he was, you know, back in like 2010, 2011 with the Mariners. But, um, you know, he's an entertainment factor. He's a big name. And when he's on the mound, the Orioles might be worth a watch. Not that he's going to go out and be amazing, but, you know, you got to show King Felix some love. The
0: name holds weight.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in, in the later years of his career, we don't know exactly how much more he's got. You know, give give Felix some love this year. Also, Hunter Harvey, I think, is the sleeper on the Orioles, their closer. He looked pretty promising last year. And, uh, you know, what's his potential? And can he give the Orioles a bit of the edge? And, you know, the, the later innings and some of these close games, can he come in and lock it down? That, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And that's someone who can anchor the bullpen for years to come when they do have... A competitive team on the field again yeah for so sure. yeah the, the orioles are interesting because they're one of those teams that, they're not like the rangers where they're just bad yeah. um they're just they're just are where they are right now because yeah. they, they still have a bit more work to do on the roster but i feel like especially after last year even if they did benefit a bit from the shortened season there's some excitement and there's at least a sense of direction yeah so um maybe did, not this year yeah. maybe not next year but the orioles time will be soon
0: yeah i just like the fact that you know while they might not have you know they don't really have anything to lose so they're making sure that they're kind of taking every chance they can get and you know you mentioned how it's kind of odd for them to kind of go after that first pitch because it's advised against and stuff like that you know if if you're not in a position to be able to make a push why not go out and win take some games away from the big contenders by going after some of these pitches because a lot of the time these you know guys on the mound don't really expect you know, that first swing. And, you know, I I think um, they had a 1.089 OPS on the first pitch ranked uh, second in the AL. So they were really getting after it uh, overall. So it's going to be, like I said, uh, it's going to be exciting to watch this team just simply because they're risk takers and you like to see that in baseball.
1: Exactly. Um, So I'm ready to move on to our next group of teams. Sounds good to me. Which for me, I have the Red Sox coming in at 10. The Indians coming in at nine, the Angels coming in at eight, and then uh, we'll get into that seven down from a bit. I think I'm going to kind of limit these three into their own group. The Red Sox, Indians, and Angels are all very interesting because you you look at we'll start with the Red Sox. You look at the Red Sox lineup. Uh, the, you know this is a team that was third in the MLB last year in batting average and twelfth in home runs, eleven and stolen bases. So they were, you know, very much an above average offense where this team struggled was pitching and they struggled bad in pitching. Um, Well, you look at who they have in this lineup, Alex Verdugo, uh, Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, who is one of the games, emerging young stars at third base. JD Martinez continues to be, you know, just an absolute slugger at DH for the Red Sox. He's been a stud ever since he's got there. Christian Velasquez, Hunter Renfro was a good addition from the Rays. Hmm. Uh, Enrique Hernandez at second. Yeah, Hunter. Yeah. They got Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Forms up. Yep. yep. He's going to, he might have a couple touchdowns for the Red Sox this H- year. We'll Hunter, see.
0: Hunter Renfro <laughs> has finally graduated from Clemson after yep. <laughs> 17 years. Nah, he's yeah. playing with the Raiders right now. He's going to, yep. he's going to switch over to baseball. He's going Dion Sanders or yep. Bo Jackson on us.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe pulling a little bit of that Kyler Murray. We going to play baseball. Nope, we gonna play football. <laughs> nope, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they have some good – they have some real good players in their lineup. Um, and they should – you know, they have some good average hitters. Um, some power as well. Devers and Martinez are going to hit a lot of home runs, I think. Bogarts and uh, Renfro should honestly be up there too. But once again, you take a look at this rotation. Nathan Eovaldi is good. Uh, he's been pretty consistent for them. Eduardo Rodriguez is solid as well, but then it kind of falls off. I'm just, uh, you know, uh, a three through five of Garrett Ridgers, Martin Perez, and Nick Pivetta isn't, it's just not the most ideal. And it's going to leave a lot of games up in the air, just because they're not going to be able to have that three through five consistency that you kind of need to be a competitor or a contender in baseball. So um, their bullpen, on the other hand, they brought in Adam Adovino, who's been a proven. Uh, relief pitcher in baseball for, for quite some time. So I think that should help their team. Uh, Matt injuries is also a pretty solid uh, relief pitcher. Um, Matt Barnes. Uh, he should be solid at closer. We'll see with him. He, he's, he could be a bit of a question, but uh, he's projected to have a 3.91 ERA and 26 saves for the Red Sox this year. So that, that means he'll be pretty, he's projected to be a pretty consistent, pretty reliable guy for them. Uh, but overall, I mean, I'm not thinking the Red Sox are going to be terrible. I just think their pitching is going to severely hold them back. Um, I don't know if they'll hit 80 games, but I think they could be like a uh, anywhere from like a 77 to like an 82 win team. I think at best they're a 500 squad. Their offense will keep them in games, but um, their their pitching is going to hold them down severely. The Indians are another team, and we can still call them the Indians because they've announced their name change but I believe they're playing with it this year and maybe next year. Uh, But I know for sure they're definitely going to be playing under the name Indians this year. So for now we don't have to call them the baseball team, nothing like that. Uh, We can still say the Cleveland Indians for now and hopefully not face any outrage over it. But the Indians, man, obviously the biggest story with them, they traded Francisco Lindor to the New York Mets, as well as, Carlos Carrasco, Francisco Lindor was the star in Cleveland for the past few years. He was a big part of their 2016 World Series appearance. They still have some good players on this team. Cesar Hernandez is a good second baseman. Jose Ramirez is a good third baseman. They brought in Eddie Rosario from the Twins, who's a pretty good defensive outfielder and brings good speed to the plate. Framil Reyes at DH projected to have 37 home runs this year, a strong power hitter. Roberto Perez at catcher he's been around for a little bit Uh, Andres Jimenez a guy who came over from the Mets in that Francisco Lindor trade Great defensive shortstop I think he's going to be a star Uh, You might not see it this year he flashed a lot last year in that shortened season Like I said he can play great defense he can hit as well Um, I I think you know the fact that they were still able to get that return In that Lindor trade I I think Cleveland in in a sense you know did some good work in that trade. Not to mention, they also brought over Ahmed Rosario, who's another one of those guys. You talk about swinging at the first pitch. Ahmed Rosario is going to swing at everything that comes his way. He doesn't walk much. Uh, he's got a lot of speed. So if he does put it in play, he can hit a lot of doubles and triples. Um, his on base percentage, though, it's not great. So, you know, and he, it's projected to not really be great again this year. But um, you know if he if he can make that improvement at the plate and make that adjustment to some of those outside pitches and learn how to take pitches he can be a guy that uh, you know he might not find the playing time in Cleveland because of uh, who, who's ahead of him in Jimenez and Jimenez is just a better player but you know maybe Rosario will get some playing time and flash his glove a bit and show that improvement at the plate and can maybe find a spot somewhere else but Um, you know, their, their lineups looking solid. They have some bright spots on defense in that, in that outfield and in their infield. I'm, I'm a little worried about their rotation. Uh, they lost a lot. Shane Beaver is going to be the clear ace. He'll come out there. He's going to be consistent. He's going to eat innings. He should pitch near 200 innings this year. Um, but after that, I mean, you, you haven't had Corey Kluber for a few years. You lost Mike Clevenger to the Padres who was another guy who was right up there. I mean, the Cleveland Indians were second in the league last year in uh, team ERA. And they lost two of the guys who were really responsible for that in Clevenger and Carlos Carrasco. So this rotation is going to take a bit of a step back this year. They're not going to be the same team. Not to mention, you lost Francisco Lindor. They're primed for a bit of a step back. The reason that – I have them ahead of the Red Sox is just because I think who they have at ACE is better than who the Red Sox have at ACE. Uh, Shane Bieber is just more consistent than Nathan Eovaldi is. And for that reason, I put the Indians ahead of the Red Sox. And then in their bullpen, I'm not, their bullpen was good last year. They lost some guys. Um, I'm not really sure what Ali Perez is going to be doing this year, but they lost Brad hand to, to Washington which hurt a lot. He was their star premier closer. So I, I, you know, just in both aspects of their pitching, they're going to take some step back, steps back this year. Uh, they, they just lost a lot of guys. Um, you know, they're, they're a mid market team that really gave into the fact that they are what they are. Um, and they dumped off a lot of people because of it. A lot of people that they couldn't afford to pay. Obviously we know what happened with the Lindor deal and that's why they are where they are.
0: Yep. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: So I don't know if you have anything you want to add about the Cleveland Indians or anything. We're about to get into a fun team with the angels.
0: I was, yeah, I'm ready to talk about the angels. Obviously this is so uh, if you guys don't know, this is Matt's show. I'm here for extra commentary. Yeah. Matt's the MLB guy here on sunshine state takes. Um, I feel like I can add some more like, you know, NBA and you know, NCAA he's, he's versed. I, I just have never been a baseball guy in general so i, I kind of just we're,
1: we're working on it though. yeah we're so gonna i get just you. i let matt kind of take, uh,
0: take the lead and then i add some of my researched commentary whenever i feel fit angels are a team that i do have some commentary on so we can uh get into them and then i will throw out whatever you know ha- however yeah, so it
1: needs to be obviously uh you know the angels possess the best player in baseball this yep. is something that's been constant since he's entered the league and there's no reason for it to change and uh that's Mike Trout entering his 11th year. Uh, I was listening to the baseball talk podcast earlier with John Boy and yeah. he was saying that uh in the 10 years that the Angels have had Mike Trout, they've only had a winning record four times. So Well they missed have...
0: they they've missed the playoffs the last 6 seasons. Yeah, they haven't
1: made it since 2014. Or it's five and,
0: seasons, really. Yeah,
1: they, haven't, they haven't made it since 2014, and they got swept by the Royals in the one year that they went. The Royals ended up going on the World Series that year yeah. and losing to the Giants. But um, the Angels, they, they bring back a pretty solid lineup. David Fletcher at second base, he's going to hit for a high average this year. Not necessarily a power hitter, uh, plus some good defense in the field. Obviously, Mike Trout can do it all fan graphs as i hitting 43 home runs i you know i i would bet money on that not that i bet but um if you know if i had to put a little money down i would uh that's a tough to take the over under on 43 home runs mike trout i think he can do it full season give me mike trout 43 home runs um shahe otani you know yes. if he could stay on the field he is he is the swiss army knife of the of major league baseball yes uh he's, he's one of the few arguably the only two-way player now i don't know how much pitching he's going to be doing this year but he still brings tremendous power to the play and that's exactly why they have him playing dh he's projected to 258 with 24 home runs i think that's reasonable for a guy that you know is pretty inconsistent with staying on the field and if you know he is able to stay on the field i think that's a, a realistic stat line for him and then you know, really, this two through four is dangerous on the Angels because Anthony Rendon is a phenomenal third baseman. Yeah. All those years in Washington, great defense, great power. Uh, you know, just very consistent in uh, you know with his average, he, he can always come up with clutch hits. A big part of their World Series run in 2019. Uh, you know, then then the uh, then the age starts to show a little bit on this lineup. Uh, you got Justin Upton, who's been around since. 2005 uh, you know he he continues to get older you know entering like his 13th 14th year in the league but you know he still provides experience and that veteran leadership in the outfield uh, Dexter Fowler is another guy he, he's uh, you know entering his 12th year in the league he spent some time with the Cubs and Cardinals pretty consistent a guy that gets praised for his leadership never necessarily really hit for a super high average but the big thing with him was uh, I think during the rain delay in game seven of the world series that the Cubs won, he gave like a super motivational speech in the locker room and like people praised him for it, even though like he really did not do anything in that series on the field wise at all. Uh, you know, definitely an inconsistent bat, but he, you know, he plays good defense. So uh, even though he's a bit older, I think it's a, a nice piece for the angels to have just, you know, like I said, similar to Justin Upton, that leadership. And then Jose Iglesias at shortstop, another guy who's getting a bit older, um, you know, entering like his eighth, ninth year in the league. He came over from Baltimore last year, uh, you know, but he should hit for a good average. I don't think he'll hit a lot of home runs. And then Max Daxi, at catcher, um, you know, pretty good defensively, uh, but nothing great hitting wise. He might be a little bit of a liability uh, with his bat, but we'll see what happens with him. His defense, nonetheless should be good and then you got the old man <laughs> You talk about you talk about age albert Pujols announced this is going to be his last year uh he's gonna take on more of a bench role this year for the the angels i think just because of his age and you know where he is as a player i don't think he's he's not the same guy who can go out there and you know be a consistent everyday player anymore but i think he'll still have his moments this year Uh, and then Kurt Suzuki, they also have on the bench who is a pretty good backup catcher. That's a guy who, if he's your backup catcher, you're in a pretty good spot catching wise with depth. Um, the rotation, I don't really know how to feel about it. Once again, it's, I'm not really sure whether or not Otani is going to be pitching, but he has showed some promise on the mound, although he, he hasn't really been anything special. Um, Andrew Heaney should be the ace of that rotation. With that being said, that's not really where you want to be rotation-wise. You could do a bit better. Dylan Bundy enjoyed a pretty solid year last year in the shortened season. They brought over Jose Quintana, who's a big name, but uh, you know not necessarily consistent. And then Alex Cobb and uh, Griffin Canning should be due for some improvement. I was listening – like I said, I was listening to the John Boy podcast. They were talking about the Angels, and they were showing uh, Griffin Canning some love. But you look at the bullpen – this is a team that ranked 21st in bullpen ERA. Also, not to mention 29th in starting pitching ERA. So pitching is a huge liability for this team, but maybe we'll see some improvement. If Griffin Cannon can step up, that should uh that should at least help. Uh and then you look at the bullpen. Uh they brought in, they brought in Junior Guerrero is a guy they brought in this past offseason. You got Jaime Beria, uh Alex Claudio, Ty Buttery, Felix Pena, Mike Mayers um Rizel Iglesias so they have some solid guys Rizel Iglesias should be a decent closer for them this year but uh, you know tw- 21st overall bullpen ERA certainly have some work to do you also lost some guys you lost Andres to the uh to the Red Sox you lost Cam Bradosian to the to the Reds uh Hansel Robles albeit not the best he went over to the Twins and Justin Anderson over to the Rangers so um this bullpen is going to be shaky. This starting rotation is going to be shaky, but this lineup, per usual, puts the Angels in position to win games.
0: Yeah, I, I think overall, I th- I'm not as obviously you have the more knowledge, but from what I've seen from the kind of the research I've done, I'm not as concerned about the bullpen in general. I'm more concerned about the lack of uh, ace. You know, they don't yeah. really have anyone to kind of look. That's to. That's their biggest thing. Yeah, they don't have anyone My to plan. look to in time. You know, to just go. All right, let's go get what five six innings and just right. d- don't give up any runs and then we can kind of rotate as th- as the ga- game continues from there they don't have that person they kind of will struggle because uh, of that and that in effect you know indirectly affects the bullpen because they're gonna have to you know find different pieces yeah. to go in and win them ball games and it's kind of a shame considering mike they have the best player in baseball mike trout and yet they're the the question remains are they going to be able to make the playoffs or are they going to go a sixth straight season without reaching the postseason
1: yeah, I think it's going to be the latter, unfortunately. I remember yeah. we talked about it on a previous show where I originally thought this was going to be the Trevor Bauer landing destination. Yeah. Oh, I got the L.A. part, right? Just <laughs> not the team. So, and, the, you know, it's a shame because that's a guy who really could have helped. Now, yeah. uh, it also would have taught us a lot about Trevor Bauer because he would have had to have been the guy in the rotation. Uh, you know, there were some other guys in Cincinnati, uh, you know, like Sonny Gray and... Uh, someone whose name I'm just absolutely blanking on right now. Come on, Fangrass, come in clutch real quick. It's just absolutely it just absolutely blanked. Uh Luis Castillo. Uh so they they had some decent guys in that rotation and Trevor Bauer didn't have to be the guy. And uh it it was apparent that having the talent around him helped him. Uh it wouldn't have been the case with the Angels. So it, it would have we would have learned a lot about Bauer with that move, but also um you know Bauer chose the Dodgers which you know is going to be another situation similar to Cincinnati an even better situation than Cincinnati Bauer's not going to have to be the guy something something kind of makes you think Bauer is a little scared of having to go out there and be the guy yeah uh, I don't I don't know, uh, you know as much as I wanted him to come to the Mets it wouldn't have been the case there either he wouldn't have bet, had to been the guy with the Gram and Cindergard he also wouldn't have had he never really had to be the guy in Cleveland either he had Corey Kluber and Carlos Carrasco and a lot of other good pitchers. So um, maybe one day we'll see Bauer go to a place where he has to be the guy. It would have happened this year, but he passed on that opportunity. So uh, that's, that's the angels. That's Trevor Bauer. That's Trevor Bauer for you get to know him because uh, he's on the league's best team in the league this year, which means we're probably going to have to hear him talk on Twitter yeah. a lot. <laughs> so um that kind of rounds out the, the bottom feeders of the AL. Now I think we can just have a bit more of a general discussion on the, the top talents. Yeah. I think in the clear-cut best team in, in the AL is the New York Yankees. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, just, being, just being able to uh, keep DJ LeMahieu around was huge. Uh, you know, Bringing Brett Gardner back, who's a good veteran guy who's been a part of that team for a while, was big for them uh obviously they lost James Paxton uh J-Hap is out although J-Hap never really found a groove in New York I don't feel like um I, I like this Yankees team a lot uh and they're you know they they return most of their core for the most part LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, John Carlos Stanton, Luke Voigt, Labor Torres, Gary Sanchez, Clint Frazier, Gio Urshela for the most part that's what they were rocking with last year and uh you know they made the they won the uh AL East, they made the playoffs, like per usual. Uh, and, you know, you should expect more, more of the same this year. Also, with that rotation, Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, James Santallian, Jordan Montgomery, Domingo Herman coming back off a of big suspension for domestic violence. Um, plus, Luis Severino, we haven't even mentioned him. He's on the injured list. I'm not sure. He, had to, he got Tommy John surgery last February, so I'm not sure what his status is. Noah Syndergaard got Tommy John surgery around the same time, and he's projected to come back in June. So Severino might come back a bit earlier. <coughs> but um,
0: yeah, oh, this Yankees. Here we too. go. Uh, yeah, here, here we right. go. Uh,
1: I no my the back of my throat was just like tickling, so okay. I just had to let out a quick cough. Gotcha. But um, the the Yankees top to bottom just stacked every position, uh, the rotation. Now me personally. I think the rotation is more of Garrett Cole and then what can they get out of the two through five? They'll get consistency, but like what's the ceiling? I think it has a really high ceiling, but it also has a really low floor. Um, you know, Corey Kluber, he wasn't anything special in Texas and he's battled some injuries. He finds his home with the Yankees. It's definitely one of those things where if he if he does return the form he uh it's going to be huge for the Yankees like yeah. no no doubt about it um you know 2018 and 2017 he he posted a 2.25 ERA in 2017 and a 2.89 ERA in 2018 but in 2019 uh you know that's when he got hurt and through that point in the season he had a 5.80 ERA and then he only uh, started one game last year, I believe, or showed up in one game. He he did not make many appearances last year due to injury. And
0: I would, uh, I would like to I would like to interrupt this uh, th- this baseball preview to bring you a live update of the Kentucky Mississippi State game right now. Kentucky has rallied from down 14 at the half to take the lead 65 to 64 on the back of bench player Dante Allen's 23 points on eight for 13 shooting and six for 11 from three. Obviously when you think of Kentucky, you think of guys like Davion Mintz or Brandon Brooks Jr. Davion Mintz has 13. Brooks Jr. is Now he is 0% from the field, only four shots with zero or Brandon Boston, sorry on zero points. So he is, you know, being the guy that's getting the rebounds and, playing the assists uh, role, but this guy, Dante Allen, is taking off, and Mississippi State's paying for it. How much time left? There is 5.55 left. Kentucky Ooh. is on a roll, so this game is this game is shaping up to be a very good one down the stretch.
1: March Madness, baby. March Absolutely. Madness, that's where it always is. Um, so, yeah, the Yan- Yankees lineup, phenomenal. Probably best in the American League. Uh, rotation, potential to be the best in the American League but some questions the bullpen once again uh should be very good what consistency can you get out of a role this chapman he's great but you know sometimes he'll let a couple games slide chad green Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day, Luis Sessa, Nick Nelson—all really good relief pitchers. This should be a very good bullpen that the Yankees have this year. Yeah,
0: um, which is different for I feel like last season they were kind of concerned as one of the bottom of the end, weren't, yeah. weren't they considered like a team that their bullpen was just not there to be able to take a step. Now they're considered probably one of the best in the MLB.
1: Yeah, and that's because they, uh, you know, bringing in Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson is really going to beef up that bullpen. Yeah, uh, Justin Wilson's a really consistent, good lefty pitcher. Darren O'Day is, uh, you know, he he he'll be able to provide some strong innings late in games. He's going to be a middle of the bullpen guy. You got Wilson being the setup man in the seventh, and Chad Green being the setup man in the eighth. So, I think it's going to be improved from last year. It was a bullpen that ranked 16th okay. in ERA, so middle of the pack. Um, but I think the additions of Wilson and O'Day should improve. Should help it improve pretty vastly. Mm. Uh, same with starting three.
0: Mintz just what's up a, just got a bucket 71 yep. 66 all right sorry all right. i'm done
1: i'm done no you're good keep keep <laughs> updating honestly uh starting pitching 12th in the era but once again the addition of kluber uh the addition of tallien uh you know if those guys can be consistent italian's uh, another guy who's been pretty inconsistent in his time in pittsburgh but if he can find that ground that firm footing i think he'll be good obviously garrett cole just a phenomenal pitcher he should he's going to be a Cy Young favorite in the American League this year uh you know should should pitch a pretty low ERA should get near or above 200 innings will probably rack up a lot of strikeouts don't think he's going to have a better year than Jacob DeGrom don't listen to anyone who ever tries to tell you that Garrett Cole is better than Jacob DeGrom uh but respect to Garrett Cole because he really is good um let's talk about the team that uh you know won the American League last year tampa bay rays uh they're they're going to be an interesting team they are in the same boat as the yankees as they're pretty much returning uh, a very similar lineup austin meadows brandon Lau, randy arosi arena after that phenomenal postseason is you know finally going gonna to get his chance to play a full regular season there's a lot of hype around him and the power he brings and the pop that he's going to add to that lineup g-man Choi at first base is coming around for Another rodeo, Manuel Margot in the outfield, providing more good defense and more consistency at the plate. Joey Wendell is going to be back. Willie Adamas is going to be back at shortstop. Kevin Kiermaier is going to be back. And, uh, you know, while Kiermaier is aging a little bit, um, he's near 30 years old. So is Joey Wendell uh, and Mike Zunino, at catcher. Kevin Kiermaier, as long as you have him, it means you're going to have consistency in defense in center field and that's his biggest thing. Not necessarily the, the best hitter, but what he provides on defense is going to help the Rays out immensely. Um,
0: pitching's interesting. I was going to say, it doesn't inter- hurt to have Tyler Glass now on the mound you know, right. from time to time.
1: Right. Pitcher's interesting. Uh, Tyler Glass now is good, and he showed last year that he can be, uh, you know, a serviceable starting pitcher yeah but losing blake snell just hurts Mm -hmm. i mean that that was their clear-cut ace he was their innings eater um you know while they have you know rich hill uh he's 41 years old he's he's stable he's consistent but how many innings are you really going to get out of him uh chris archer returns chris archer is very interesting to me um because his early years he had a lot of success in tampa bay it wasn't until he went over to pittsburgh Uh, You know, he started to lose his footing a little bit. He was very inconsistent, couldn't really put together that many good performances in a row. Um, But he comes back to where he started his career to kind of not necessarily be the Blake Snell replacement, but a guy that's brought in to kind of, you know, just just add that stability a little bit. I've been using stability a lot, but really, that's what you need in your pitching rotation. You need your clear-cut ace who can go out there, give you six, seven innings, and then you know if you have two guys that can do that, obviously you have an advantage. If you have th- if you're one of those teams that can get three guys that can do that, like the Nationals, uh, obviously you're in an even better position. But for the most part, you want to have one guy that can clear cut, be the ace, go out there and do it. And then you want to have guys that have been there before that can give you innings, uh, and you know kind of set up your bullpen. Uh, that, that's and that's something that I feel like Chris Archer was brought in to do. You know, he's not going to be an ace that goes out there and gets 10, 11 strikeouts a game. He's not going to pitch you seven scoreless innings. But, you know, what he might do is pitch five and a third, you know, th- three earned runs, and uh, the Rays are up 4-3 going into the sixth or whatever, and yeah. the, the the Rays' bullpen is in a good position to lock it down. The Rays also like to do openers instead of necessarily go with their starter starting pitchers or they'll have a bullpen pitcher start the game, you know, maybe throw an inning or two, and then, you know, kind of just go through the bullpen and let yeah. them do their thing. Um, you know, and they have the guys to do it with Pete Fairbanks, Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, Ryan Thompson, Chaz Rowe, Ryan Sheriff, Cody Reed. Uh, these are all pretty solid guys, especially, especially who they have in those closer spots. Pete Fairbanks, Nick Anderson, and Diego Castillo might be one of the best bullpen trios maybe in all of baseball Um, you know just the consistency that they bring and uh, the low ERAs that they have the the ability to put up Uh, I I like what the Rays have in this bullpen their starting pitching is going to be a lot different from what we saw last year but I think they're still a top five team in the AL unfortunately the Yankees are just that good Um, and the Rays have lost some people so I don't know if the Rays will win the AL this year Uh, They won it last year. They went 40 and 20. Uh, So, uh, you know, once again in a shortened season, who knows if they would have kept that up. I, You know, it's weird. It's so weird uh, relying on the shortened season last year to kind of like structure. Yeah. Yeah. Because the question is like, could a lot of these teams have keeping up what they've done for a whole. Now I still think the Rays were that good, but you know, 40 and 20 through 60 games. That's a pretty ridiculous 162 game pace. I can't think of it off the like top of my head, what exactly it translate to, but, um, you know, the Yankees started off a bit slower and through 60 games, they were 33 and 27. The Yankees, uh, are a team that I feel like could have finished like 10, 12 games above 500, you know, had the season fully played out. You know, it's just one of those things where it's hard to judge, but um, I don't think the Rays will get off to a forty and twenty start through sixty games next year. Yep. I think they'll be a bit back down to earth, uh, but they still—I think they can still be a ninety-win team for sure. Uh, you know, while we're at it, we might as well—you know—sticking in the AL East unless you have something you want to say about the Rays. Uh, you know, give um, these Florida teams some love.
0: You know, I'm obviously I watched some of the Rays last season. Uh, I was able to kind of enjoy it to be honest, but I just don't. There's nothing that pops off the page when I'm looking at right. the Rays that I can, I can offer anything more. Rosarino um, was someone I liked watching last year. He'll be fun to see return. Um, you know, he gives them a pretty solid shot of at least you know giving them some juice uh, right. uh, uh, you know, in, in the batter's box. Uh, he was kind of a, was wasn't he kind of like a, a surprise in general, especially during the postseason, yeah. just kind of yeah. showing he up came out, out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, so
1: came out of nowhere him he Bra- was traded him from the he came over from the cardinals gotcha. so
0: yeah um, him and brandon lowell kind of anchor down that um at least the top of the rotation right i'd assume yeah so
1: I, I just think from top to bottom they're they're consistent yeah that's what i like about the rays and they you know they're not going to hit a lot of home runs but they play that kind of small ball get on base steal bases stuff like that just yeah. a, a game a, a style of baseball that can be tough to defend um, so, I don't really know what direction I want to take next. I think we're kind of a little pressed for time. Uh, I'll I'll talk quick on the Astros. They struggled last year, but they benefited. They're a team that benefited from the extended postseason, more so from the shortened season. They were twenty nine and thirty one, but came within a game of the World Series. Um, you know, it, it was a, and it was a bit of an uh, it was a bit of a roller coaster in the regular season for them having come over the cheating scandal Uh, they went from what's usually a top 10 top five offense to being ranked 20th in average 23rd on on base percentage and you know just so happened to be that after their pitching scandal uh they they dipped a bit uh and and now they've lost some guys they've lost george springer uh they were able to hold on to michael brantley but george springer is a huge loss for that team and now the question is what improvements do they make on offense this year um, can Carlos Correa and uh, Jose Altuve return back to that, you know, 2019, 2017 World Series form? Uh, what are they going to get from Bregman, another guy who fell off a bit? Um,
0: can I can I know. commentate the last 17 yeah. seconds of this Mississippi State Kentucky game? Yeah. All right, Mississippi State has the ball at the top of the key. Pick and roll action at the top. He's uh, looking around. Oh, it goes inside. Throws it up. Oh, it's blocked. They blocked it. Kentucky blocks it, but it looks like they're going to get a foul. On Kentucky with 7.1 seconds left to go. 73-72. Kentucky is up with the lead. It's looking like it's going to go to the free throw line. Yeah, a little reach around. but uh, uh What's our score? 72-73. Oh, wow. 73-72. Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, Kentucky is leading. It is. Uh, Kentucky, or Mississippi State might have not wanted that foul call, though. Because that gives Kentucky time, and they had a putback right at the rim. Mm. So, that, that's a... Uh, He's going to go to the free throw line, it looks like. And Isaiah Jackson, one of Kentucky's best defenders, just fell out. So if Kentucky gets a quick bucket, he's not going to be able to play defense. Um, obviously, they're going to try to hold for last shot. But it's pretty. This game has been kind of, you know, back and forth. It seems like a roller coaster. Yeah, it has. Obviously, Mississippi State went up 14 at the half. Kentucky's kind of battled back. But, at, you know, in the past, what I'd say, last two minutes, Mississippi State's just hung in close, have had opportunities to kind of. Take the lead and such. And, you know, now it's looking as if they might be able to win it with some clutch free throws at the line by uh, Iverson Molinar. So uh, we'll see. He's about to shoot his first free throw. He knocks it down, tied 73 73. So if he hits this next one, Mississippi State will be up with, uh, you know, Kentucky will have 7.1 seconds to get a shot up and hopefully in. You'd have to think it goes to. Um, Any timeouts? Uh, yes, Kentucky has two timeouts. Mississippi State has none. And he knocks it down. So Kentucky's probably going to call a timeout, advance the ball to half court. Yeah. Oh no, they're not. They're not. They're going to get it. I- I'd assume they once they get it in, they're going to advance, right? They're not just going to run completely blind. <clears throat>
1: you would think, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna want. Uh, or is
1: is Calipari just throwing up the flag?
0: No, uh, Calipari just he's called timeout. <laughs> he's called timeout. All right but yeah all right right. so So, during that timeout we can get into it but you'd have to think Deontay Allen's gonna get the ball I mean he's been on fire all day like I said 23 points eight for 14 shooting six or six of 12 from three all you need is a two-pointer you might get Olivier Saar um, inside but other than that I think this is gonna be a, a wild finish to kick off March Madness
1: Let's see it. Let's, uh, bring us, bring us back over to it when it comes back on, do. but so t- I'm going to wrap up on the Astros quick. Basically the biggest thing with them is, um, can their stars get back to a consistent form and kind of get the sour taste of that cheating scandal out? Um, obviously they came together and put together a great postseason. Like I said, coming within a game of the, uh, uh the world series. I know Michael Brantley in particular had a really good postseason. He's going to be a guy that's uh, going to be interesting to keep an eye on this year, but, yeah, For the most part I mean on paper the Astros have a very good lineup, but they fell off a bit last year. rightfully so just because of everything that happened, they got busted for their cheating and they uh, you know they just weren't as good of a team last year so if they can kind of get their get themselves back together, get themselves right in the head, uh, I think the Astros can be a top five team in the, in the American League. I don't know if they can win the ALS though because I think the athletics have a really good squad. I'll get to them in a second. The Astros just signed Jake Odorizzi the other day to come and be that number three in their rotation. You got Zach Grinke, Lance McCullers, Jake Odorizzi, Jose Urquidy, and Christian Javier. I don't really know much about Javier. Uh, Urquidy, from what I've seen, is decent. He's come over from Mexico. um, You know, projected to have a four point six nine ERA, so not you know not ideal, but he will probably have his moments and can be. He's still young. He's only 25 years old, so he's got some work to do. Yeah. Oda older Here we go. Here we go.
0: Davion Mintz is inbounding the ball for Kentucky. He's going to – all right. He's swung it out back to Davion Mintz. Mintz coming up the court. looks like it's going to – yep, it's going to be Allen. He misses it. And Mississippi State controls the rebound game. Kentucky has been eliminated from the SEC, champion, from the <laughs> wow. SEC tournament. it's over. No and fouls or anything no on the fouls. rebound? Yeah, I do. Um, How do we say his name? He is, it's, uh, Abdullah uh, do, he's been okay. just a menace on the boards today. I mean, uh, just been able to really, uh, that's something that I think, uh, really won Mississippi state this game. I mean, they were, they out rebounded Kentucky 46 to 29. They wow. were just able to really dominate on the glass, uh, had 13 offensive rebounds, just creating seven yeah. second chance opportunities. Allen had a good look, but he took it from a little bit deep, kind of pushed it to the back of the rim. Came off, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, as a result, and Mississippi State's lucky they didn't have, you know, two more seconds because once a dude grabbed the rebound and tried to throw it out to the guard, and he missed him completely and ball rolled out wow. of bounds. So, uh, you know, we could have seen even more uh, what's it even more drama down the end of the stretch. But yeah. it looks like Kentucky's season has ended. So, not only Duke being a team that's going to be not in the tournament, but Kentucky now um, with Mississippi State advancing. Eh, yeah. Wow, that's crazy.
1: Tough. And I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, what what that means, yeah. uh, you know, not having Duke, not having Kentucky. Uh, so more opportunity has just been created with another one of those blue bloods, blue yeah. bloods being knocked out. Uh, now, North Carolina is another team to keep an eye on. They had a win over uh, Notre Dame the other night. And Notre Dame, I thought, had a chance of putting up a little bit of a fight with North Carolina just because that win they had over Florida State. And then that buzzer beater they hit against who do they who did they hit that against? That was against I'm not sure. Uh, Wake Forest. They had that buzzer beater uh, against yes, Wake Forest. Yes. So I thought Notre Dame was finding a little bit of a mojo, uh, you know, a potential chance to maybe put up a fight with North Carolina. They got ran out of the building, yeah. 101 to 59. Yeah. Uh, so and now
0: yeah, and now North Carolina's gonna go face 22nd ranked Virginia Tech. Yeah. And uh, Virginia just escaped a three point, you know, they won by three points against Syracuse. Syracuse kinda hung in yeah. there. Which is kind of expected. You know, Syracuse has always been a team that's going to, uh, you know, kind of show up when it comes time for uh, tournaments, even right. though they're not the greatest this season. However, uh, it is what it is. Obviously, they just yeah.
1: lost a close game to Virginia today.
0: Yeah. No, that's what I was saying. Was that's, 70... that's, that's, little, yeah. 72 yeah. 69 is what I was, uh, Virginia just came out on top there. We got North Carolina Buddy Tech. at 31 points. Yeah. So it is. March Madness yeah. is, is something else, dude. It, it's so fun to keep up with all the games, all the action. So Yeah,
1: it's a lot. It really is a lot, but it's a fun time for sure. Yeah. Um. So I don't really know if I have any more to say on the Astros. The, one of the biggest things with them is uh, Justin Verlander is going to be injured. He had to get Tommy John surgery in September, so I don't know if we're going to see him. But Zach Grinke, they do have an ace, a guy that can go in there and lock it down, albeit he is getting old. Yeah. He's 37. So we'll but hey, Justin Verlander's 38, and he put together some really good seasons late in his career with the Astros. So we'll see what happens. The reason I'm not really confident in the Astros winning the AL West is because the Oakland athletics exist. Mm-hmm. Um I like the athletics. I'm not gonna go too deep in them, but I do want to talk about this power hitting combo that they have at the top of their lineup in Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. Matt Chapman's one of the best defensive third baseman in the league probably the second best behind Nolan Arenado and he also provides a great bat neither him or Matt Olson are going to hit for an incredibly high average but fan has them uh, projected to hit 36 home runs for Matt Chapman and 40 home runs for Matt Olson that might be one of the best power do like back-to-back group of power hitters we might see in baseball this year not to mention Ramon Lariano leading off and Mark Kana batting second in the order both projected to hit some a hefty amount of home runs as well the athletics aren't going to be a team that hits for a super high average they were uh, 25th in average last year but 18th in home runs i expect that home runs number to improve pretty heavily especially if uh chapman and olsen hold pretty true to what these projections are saying uh but i i mean the average needs to improve a little bit 25th is not where you want to be but that's just not really how the athletics play either They're a team that likes. They very much live by the home run. They like to hit it out of the park. Uh, They even brought in another guy who's kind of known for hitting it out of the park. And Mitch Moreland uh, came over from the Padres this year. They signed him to to come be the DH, and he's projected to hit 20 home runs as well. The Padres have six players in their projected lineup that are projected to have 20 plus home runs in 2021. So,
0: uh,
1: if you want, if you want to watch a team that can hit the long ball and knock it out of the park. Uh, give the athletics a watch now but they're also one of those teams that you're gonna have to stay up a little bit late late to watch yeah so uh you know over, it's really there, on all... the, over
0: there on the west coast uh,
1: yeah uh and then their rotation yeah eh. i mean uh chris bassett can be okay i don't really view him as the ace but that's what uh that's what fan has them listed as i i like sean Manaya. A lot. He's listed as the the fourth. I don't really know what the reasoning is behind that. Uh, Sean Minaya's thrown a no-hitter before. We saw him do it against the Red Sox. Uh, and he's just been a guy that's, you know, kind of been solid for the A's over these past few years. Mike Fires as well. Uh, they brought him in to kind of, you know, just add some stability to that rotation. He did that job fairly well a couple of years ago, but he's regressed a bit. So we'll see the kind of, uh, you know, bounce back year he can have. And the Astros bullpen I like. Trevor Rosenthal, Jake Dykman, Sergio Romo—I really like. He's been around for a while. He was a consistent uh, relief pitcher with the Rays for some of those years. Adam Kolarek is going to be good for them, I think. He's going to be a middle of the bullpen guy. Uh, you know, he, he's projected to have a sub four ERA, three point seven four. That's good for a bullpen pitcher, considering you uh, will. You know, you never know what situation you're going to be called on when you're in the bullpen. Uh, you know, you may inherit it. You may inherit loaded. Uh, you know bases loaded or guy on second and third and you know there's just pressure on you as a bullpen pitcher when you come into the game so um being able to maintain a, even just a decent era is big and uh, if coloret can do that then he will be a big part of the a's bullpen um not much other than that uh i think the only two teams i'm missing here are the twins and blue jays the blue jays just have they've had a mix of an incredible off season to go along with some of the great talent they already have vladimir guerrero is the guy to watch on this team this year no doubt about it bo Bichette, young shortstop he'll be fun to watch they added
0: springer correct
1: yep they got george springer they also brought in marcus simeon who uh played for the athletics for uh a few years he's he's a very consistent player um yeah, they they're they're gonna be good. They're gonna be fun to watch. Uh, their uh, their rotation is another one I question a little bit. I really like He Ryu and Robbie Ray as the one and two. I think that's a solid one two punch. However, Tanner Roark, Stephen Matz, and Ross Stripling. While it's a, it's a good, it's a it's an experienced three through five. It's not necessarily gonna be the most productive three through five. Um, Tanner Roark is, uh, you know, pretty inconsistent. Stephen Matz is all over the place. I mean, you never know what kind of day you're gonna get from Steven Matz. Yeah. Um, you know, he might give up eight runs in the first inning or he might give you six scoreless. You just you really don't know. He he's about as inconsistent as it gets as I've seen from a starting pitcher. And then Ross Stripling, um, pretty young. He spent some years with the Dodgers. He should be decent, but once again, um, you know, he's not better than Matz or Roark, who are already inconsistent as it is, so that kind of tells you what you need to know about them and then i like some of these pieces that they have in the bullpen anthony k kirby yates at closer jordan romano tyler chatwood uh he came over from the cubs this year that's a big addition for them so yeah everything you hear about the blue jays is pretty spot on i think you know they might not be a top five team but they're a top six seven team uh they will definitely be competing for a wild card spot and then lastly minnesota twins they're they're one of those teams that you just don't The Twins don't really come to mind. Oh, we also got to talk about the White Sox. The Twins don't really come to mind when you think of a top team, but the Twins have excellent, consistent pitching, and they have a really good lineup as well. Max Kepler, uh, Luis Arias, Josh Donaldson they brought in. He's been a veteran third baseman in this league for a really long time. They have a really good veteran duo in this lineup with Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz. Uh, And Nelson Cruz has been consistent as it gets for a really long time. Miguel Sano is a great power hitter. Um, I really like Byron Buxton. He's a speedster out in center field. Andrelton Simmons is a guy who uh, struggled for a bit last year on the Angels, but he finds a new home in uh, Minnesota. And I think if he can kind of return to, you know, what he was hitting-wise in L.A., he's a good defender. I think if he can return to what he was hitting-wise in L.A., then the Twins have just brought in, a good player they got themselves a good player as for their rotation jose barrios is the ace Kentamaeda, michael pineda jay happ matt shoemaker rounds out what's a pretty balanced rotation none of these guys are superstars but they're all pretty consistent and uh can hold it down when needed i feel like not to mention outside of jay happ um michael pineda is the oldest one in here and he's been in the league for eight years so um, I, I like what they have. Alex Colomio in the bullpen, Tyler Duffy, Cody Stachik, uh Hansel Robles. They, they've got some good guys. Uh, and then this is a team that I think is the second best team in the AL, right behind the Yankees, the Chicago White Sox. It's yes. not something you're really used to hearing, the Chicago White Sox being good. But they've been building a team for a very long time, uh, and it showed last year when they pulled off a 36-24 and 24 regular season and or 35 and 25 regular season and finished second in the AL Central behind Twins. I think they're gonna be better than the Twins this year. Tim Anderson is an elite shortstop. Adam Eaton comes home to Chicago after spending some time in Washington. Great player in Washington, by the way. He was a part of that uh World Series run for them. Then you got Yasmani Grandal at catcher to replace uh James McCann, who they lost. Uh, so that, that's a big addition for them. Jose Abreu is one of the game's top first basemen. Eloy Jimenez is one of the game's young stars. He's in that same category with Fernando Tatis, I feel like, just in terms of, uh, you know, a young young players really changing the game. I think, um, you know, he's 24 years old. You got Joan Makata at third base. He's 25. Luis Robert in center field uh, at 23 years old. Zach Collins at DH at 26. Nick Martegraw at second base at 24 years old. The thing with the White Sox is they're just so young, and you know, I feel like they haven't hit their full stride yet. And I feel like we're going to see that from them this year. They're looking like they're going to be just they're 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 going to be an entertaining team to watch. And then in the rotation, you got Lucas Giolito, who's going to be their ace. Dallas Keuchel, the experienced veteran, he comes over. Well, he was in Houston for a while. Ben was uh in Atlanta. Didn't necessarily pan out in Atlanta, but he comes and joins what's well, a pretty balanced rotation. So he's not going to have to carry the load in Chicago. You also have Lance Lynn, uh Carlos Rodon. So I kind of I like their rotation. And then uh Liam Hendricks, a closer, is big for this team. He's been consistent in the MLB for quite some time. Uh, you know, he could be, he's arguably a top five closer. I'd put him in there. Uh, Aaron Bummer, Evan Marshall, Garrett Crochet, Cody Hewer, Matt Foster, Ronaldo Lopez, and Michael Kopech, who is another one of those guys that got a lot of hype in the White Sox farm system, came up to be a starter. Didn't necessarily pan out as a starter, so Van Graffs has him in the bullpen. Um, we'll see how he does there this year. That'll be interesting to watch. But yeah, they're they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to be right up there with the Yankees and the Rays and Uh, the Astros and the Blue Jays in this league it's a very young talented team that has the potential to dominate the game for years to come so uh, if I had to give division predictions I think the Yankees will win the AL East I think the White Sox will win the AL Central and I think the Athletics will win the AL West Uh, my wild cards I'm gonna go with the Rays and the Blue Jays so those are my Uh, that's my playoff prediction for the al um i think i think it's going to be fun to watch i'm not going to give a winner because i think we can kind of maybe do a show right before the season starts or something where we preview opening day or whatnot and i want to do the national league preview as well yeah for sure that's what i got so as of
0: right now matt is projecting the detroit lions to go to the super bowl
1: yeah no i'm not (laughs) i'm not picking the lions to go to the super bowl I am not picking the Lions to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's the running joke. That's the running joke.
0: <laughs> Matt has officially picked the Lions to go to the 2021 Super Bowl.
1: Uh, yeah, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. You, do we think? No. No, no way. No way. No way. <clears throat> I will uh, I'll bite someone's kneecap off if Jared Goff takes the Lions to the Super Bowl. There, there's just no way that – oh, imagine. That would be fun, but no way.
0: No way. No way. <laughs> No way! I do not see it. No I way! I do not see it. There's, so um, there is no way. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: our Our sponsors would officially sponsor us before Jared Goff took the Lions. Yeah. To the Super Bowl. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. Bill Nye. I think. Well. I think. I. I firmly believe that I would hear a phone call from Bill Nye before. Yeah. Jared Goff took the Lions to the Super
0: Bowl. And and uh, when you answer, you be like Bill. Listen, I know that we were talking and, you know, you taught me some great things. And all I was trying to do is I was trying to be a powerhouse. You know, you taught me mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I was trying to be a powerhouse. I was using your name, but I felt like, you know, that's what what an alpha would do. And then you can loop that back into Dan Campbell, knowing when an alpha needs to step back. And then you just have a lion's Bill Nye cycle going on. And look at us. We're here in the middle of the show. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell powerhouse exactly. alpha alpha dan campbell boom it's all over right
1: dan campbell uh big guy probably because he eats firehouse
0: yes it, exactly yeah. he eats firehouse firehouse yeah. can indirectly correlate to uh microsoft because that's the system they use in their exactly. store to be able to take your orders exactly. microsoft equals bill gates look exactly. at us we just we are killing it
1: we're connecting we're we're, we're connecting. <laughs> a real big circle here of elites yes that uh we might have some people onto us and we're not even well i feel like we're missing one or yes our, we are we no we even buddy are we're the missing elf.
0: One. Buddy elf buddy the elf buddy the elf a, how
1: does he fit into this whole thing because oh, okay. he's will farrell who's a seahawks fan who's also uh bill nye's also a seahawks fan so they're both seahawks fans. are they actually yeah Wow, I think we talked about this last episode. I know Bill nye is,
0: but I didn't know Will ferrell was.
1: I've seen know. pictures of Will ferrell in Seahawks attire. It's pretty uh, it's a pretty disgusting picture to look at. <laughs> that neon that stupid neon green and uh no, all, all respect to Will ferrell though. He's a funny guy. Yeah. What's the best Will ferrell movie?
0: Ah, uh, Step Brothers.
1: Yeah, I think definitely. Step Brothers is 100%. Step Brothers although uh that scene at the end of wedding crashers is pretty elite yeah although he's like in that he's in that movie for like five minutes <laughs> but yeah. step brothers is pretty step brothers is awesome that's such a phenomenal did you movie. touch my drum set <laughs> i know you touched my drum set brandon <laughs> Uh, oh, it's good. It's too good.
0: It's so good. So,
1: some words we can't say on the show.
0: At all, like <laughs> like the entire like the entire sentence. I can't. The whole movie. <laughs> uh, it's really oh good. boy. Oh uh, boy. But the, I want to keep up the spirit of previewing things and give everyone a bit of a little rundown before our 2:31 tip-off time between Florida and Vanderbilt. Florida and Vanderbilt have played three twice this season. This is going to be the third time Florida's taken both matchups. Uh, one rather handedly. The next, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a single-digit margin. Um, obviously, Vanderbilt has Scottie Pippen as the guy. That, Scottie Pippen Jr., not actual Scottie Pippen. Not, right. the guy, not the guy that carried Jordan to six rings, but <laughs> the other one. And so I think that you know, you're looking at this Vanderbilt team. Scottie Pippen had a pretty difficult night last night. Um, against Texas a I think he only made three, uh, shot three for 17 from the field, but yet still scored 22 points, going 15 for 15 from the free throw line. Florida's coming back from what looks like probably one of the worst losses of the season. Well, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say that. They're coming back from a loss that kind of detailed how their season has gone. Trey Mann wasn't available, who has been their best player throughout the season, averaging 15 points, and I'm pretty sure he also leads the team in assists at three points three to four i'm, I'm not 100 percent certain about that however florida is a team that they're inconsistent yet they can still be able to get over the team's bottom of the barrel kind of like vanderbilt is right, right now i think you know you're looking at trey mann as the lead scorer on the gators squad what we what florida really needs to do is kind of find that second piece and earlier in the season was colin castleton he's kind of tailed off th- towards the end of the year Terry Appleby could also be the the other guard to, to uh, Trey Mann could also be a viable uh, replacement for that second contributor. However, his turnover issues make it to where he is almost, he, he is kind of combating himself in terms of his production. So uh, if we could see, you know, kind of a rebound of Colin Castleton or maybe Omar Payne um, getting some time in, inside, if you could play that kind of high low, Trey Mann being able to utilize his um, smooth shooting stroke from beyond the arc and then kind of pounding it in the paint with either with one of the big men that are present florida has a good shot to not only win this game but kind of take a uh take some control of oh my gosh virginia won by a buzzer beater
1: yeah i just saw that
0: what the heck
1: yeah crazy
0: sorry uh that was very uh squirrel but it is what it is I, i think uh florida should be able to take this one rather handedly but it could be um closer than a lot of people may think eight point spread i think it could be like a five four point game
1: yeah well uh they have a 76.9 percent chance to win according to espn's basketball power index so yes uh that's if you're if you're a florida fan looking at that that is something that you should be a fan of or you know be confident in um yeah i just think florida's better i do too That's, that's really what it comes down to but i mean it's march anything can happen and you know that's yep. why you watch the games that's why you play the games and we'll see what happens but um i have i have class in 40 minutes
0: yep it's gotta get on I, I
1: have to drive to campus so uh <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut this one close today we'll see i may be a little bit late but uh it's at that point of the semester where it's like uh whatever you know yeah so, <laughs> it shouldn't <laughs> right. be but it is it is uh, so it's just it's just the school struggle hey at least we get spring break next week oh wait
0: uh oh uh,
1: yeah it's tough we uh they really got college students going january through may no break hey but we do get a mental health day man my dude my mental health is probably going to be the best it's ever been after that mental health day i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm just gonna dedicate every ounce of my body to my mental health on The, the
0: recharge day
1: i am going to 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 meditate for 24 straight hours on my mental health day yeah so um thanks 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 colleges for mental health days it's really great it's great really great as you can tell my mental health is at, a, an, all, <laughs> <laughs> at oh. an all-time high yeah oh, that's good. yes oh college is awesome awesome but anyways um i don't know when we'll be back we might have an episode up monday yes um oh i talked to tyler yeah he's in awesome we have a guest monday Monday we will be having a guest monday where we will be talking about some interesting topics yes uh but we'll keep you guys on the hook and uh surprise you definitely until then we will see you guys next time
0: sayonara